0: The Gubbi Gubbi are the traditional custodians of the lands we record this podcast on. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, as they hold the memories, tradition and culture of this land. We extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Hello and welcome to Season 3 of the Milkshakes for Mali podcast where people who have received blood products thank the donors who have saved, prolonged or improved their lives. My name is Kate Fisher. I am the creator of Milkshakes for Marley, an award-winning Australian storyteller and a changemaker. I'm also mother to the incredible Marley. She is now seven and Australian blood donors have been keeping her alive for the last four years. This season, I am thrilled to introduce Milkshakes for Mali as an internationally recognized and award-winning podcast after I represented Australia at the Women Changing the World Global Summit and Awards in London earlier this year. My work in blood donation advocacy through this podcast was recognized with a bronze award in the Emerging Woman of the Year category. I am so grateful to all the people who trusted me with their stories in the first two seasons, during which blood donors to the Milkshakes for Mali Lifeblood team saved the lives of over 3,000 Australians. This podcast is the creative solution to a social problem, which is a persistent critical blood shortage in Australia, as not enough people donate blood. One in four Australians will need blood in their lifetime and yet only about one in 30 eligible Australians donate. It's my mission to change that while thanking as many blood donors as I can along the way. I've created this platform where blood recipients come on each week and tell me their survival stories. Family members tell me the stories of the way that blood has helped their loved ones and blood donors can respond with their stories of why they are committed to saving the lives of others. Now, I wish that I could say that being a fierce blood donation advocate is purely a selfless act. But the truth of the matter is that this all started out of desperation amid the critical Australian blood shortages of 2021 during the COVID-19 pandemic, when our daughter Marley was fighting for her life against the incurable condition autoimmune encephalitis. Marley became sick when she was only three years old, and when she was at her sickest, she was having seizures that lasted up to 38 hours. She lost the ability to walk, talk, or even recognize me as her mother. For 19 months, we didn't spend longer than 10 days at a time out of hospital between infusions of intravenous immunoglobulin infusion, or IVIG, as we affectionately know it, which is made from human blood plasma donations. These infusions are life-saving for Mali when she relapses and life-preserving for every infusion in between. I am thrilled to report that Mali is currently in remission. She is now seven, she's part-time at school, and she's enjoying many aspects of a regular childhood. Making this podcast is so important to me because if our listeners have ever been blood donors, they can listen to an episode and wonder if they were the one who saved Marley's life, or if their blood has gone to any of the guests that I interview each week. And becoming a donor in the future means that you too could become a part of this story. Now, on with today's show. Today's episode is a very special one, for anyone who has ever been a blood donor or anyone considering becoming a donor in the future, because it shows that blood donors don't just keep people alive. They keep families together, improve quality of life and help to give more time to look for alternate treatment options or to make special memories with loved ones. Today, I will share the story of Marley's little mate, Mateo. Mateo is five. And he's currently in hospital fighting for his life. And his beautiful mum, Shalyn is by his side. So that in the first part of this episode, I'm going to share Mateo's medical journey with chronic granulomatous disorder. I will refer to this as CGD during this episode and hemolytic anemia. I've probably butchered the pronunciations of both of those conditions, but it's a great opportunity to remind our listeners that this is not a medically or scientifically correct podcast um, and we're just doing the best that we can. Challen will join us later in the episode to tell us more about her incredible boy and deliver a message to the blood donors who are currently keeping Teo alive, hour by hour, as he fights his biggest battle yet following his second bone marrow transplant. Currently, Mateo is going through one to two bags of blood per day, And in the last two years, he has received well over 100 blood transfusions to keep him alive. Little Mateo was only two when Shailen's mama gut told her that something wasn't right with her little boy. Before this, he had been a happy little boy, attending preschool and loved playing with his friends and his siblings. Mateo had been unwell for a few weeks with flu-like symptoms, and Shelen had taken him to the doctor many times as he had just been so unwell, but just sent away with antibiotics to treat an infection. However, as his mum, she knew there was something more wrong with her boy. Following a horrible week of persistent fevers and no appetite, she took Mateo to the emergency department of her local hospital, where it was quickly discovered that there was something much more seriously wrong than a common childhood virus. Within two hours of presenting at hospital, Shaylin was informed that her son's blood test results were concerning. Little Mateo was in heart failure and was given an emergency blood transfusion and intravenous antibiotics. Further scans showed that he had lesions on his liver, lung and kidney. Within days, Mateo was transferred to the Queensland Children's Hospital in Brisbane, where his care was taken over by the oncology, infectious disease, radiology and immunology teams. This was an incredibly overwhelming time for Mateo's family as they did not have a firm diagnosis and they did not know what to expect next. In a blur of scans, blood tests and treatments, Shailen describes samples being sent to America for genetic testing and Australian teams trying to confirm a diagnosis and treatment protocol. Since then, Mateo has undergone hundreds of ultrasounds, x-rays, MRIs, biopsies, CT scans. The results create more questions than answers. Australian teams were consulted with many international specialists and finally agreed on a diagnosis for Mateo, CGD. In Shailen's words, this is a rare immune system disease where bugs have taken over his right diaphragm, eating away his liver, lung and kidney, causing many complications. CGD is a genetic disorder in which white blood cells are unable to kill certain types of bacteria and fungi. People with CGD are highly susceptible to frequent and sometimes life-threatening bacterial and fungal infections. CGD was initially termed Fatal Granulomatous Disease of Childhood because people with the diagnosis rarely made it out of childhood before succumbing to the disease. However, with the use of prophylactic antibiotics and regular blood transfusions, there are now options for treatment, but they do not come easily. Some of the biggest fights for his life that Mateo has endured include surgery to remove half of his liver with the help of interstate and overseas surgeons, months on end in hospital, chemotherapy, a bone marrow transplant, hundreds of medications administered through a nasogastric tube. Just before Christmas in 2022, Mateo found out that a match had been found for him in the USA and he was going to be able to have a second bone marrow transplant. However, the conditioning required for this procedure to happen would be life-threatening. Alternatively, however, there were no other options to prolong his life. Such an impossible decision for a mother to make and my heart broke for Shaylin as she shared these details with me because I know all too well what that fear is like. Quite a few times we had to make decisions like that for Marley when she was acutely unwell and it's a terror I can't put into words. I know many of our listeners will know this feeling well and for those who don't I hope you never do. Mateo was admitted to hospital earlier this year, knowing that he would not be able to leave his hospital room for at least 100 days. No contact with the outside world or feeling fresh air on his face outside. No contact with his friends or his siblings. Just him and his mama and his medical teams and a colossal fight to keep Mateo alive. Once the conditioning process commences for a bone marrow transplant, it cannot be abandoned or the patient will die. So I can't imagine how Shailen comprehended the news that the bone marrow donated for Mateo had mistakenly been left on the tarmac in America and there was no guarantee if or when it would arrive in Australia or if it had been impacted by the prolonged transit. Further complicating this story, is when the bone marrow finally did arrive in Australia, it was found to have been donated by a person who has now been deemed ineligible to donate due to their possible, at the time unknown, exposure to West Nile virus. If this was the case, then the bone marrow could transfer this virus to Mateo and he wouldn't be able to survive it. However, if he didn't have the bone marrow, he would also die from this as well, as he had already commenced the conditioning process to destroy his immune system. With the impossible choice of allowing her child to die or giving him something that may result in his death, Shao was left with no choice but to proceed with the bone marrow transplant. Daily, I wait for Shell's posts on Mateo's Facebook page, and I'm always relieved when it says that he has survived another night. My heart breaks for them, as I have seen her post asking if people can help to care for her young children during the school holidays, as Mateo is one of four, or talk about her financial stress and worries about whether she will be able to pay rent to keep a roof over the head of her other three young children. She can't leave the hospital because community contact could mean that she brings a virus back into his hospital room. That could be life-ending for her son. Also, no mother should have to leave the bedside of her child when they are fighting for their life and enduring the treatments that Tao is on a daily basis. I don't often do this on the podcast, but if you know of a business that can contribute financially, or if you are able to make a contribution to Mateo's GoFundMe campaign, you can find the details on how to help in the show notes for this episode. Now to hear from Mateo's mum, Shailen. Please be aware that she recorded this audio while she was being in hospital with Mateo, but I knew that I couldn't do the episode justice without her voice. And I welcome her to the Milkshakes for Mali podcast and community. Jalen, Mateo is such a beautiful name.
1: How did you choose that for him? I remember when I was young, I watched this movie. It was called In America. And there was this big, dark goddess and just, I always said from that movie onwards that if I ever had a son, I'd call him Mateo. And then as soon as I seen him when he was born, that, that name fitted him. So that's, that's the name I chose for my boy. It's so easy to get caught up in the diagnosis,
0: but I want to know about your little boy. Tell me about Tao. What are his favourite things in life and what brings him the most
1: joy? Mateo is a very cheeky, courageous, outgoing little boy. He loves all things outdoors. He loves his football. He loves his fishing. When we're in hospital, he loves all arts and crafts. He loves his slime making. Since having transplant back in 2020, his whole appetite and everything's changed. So he actually likes his salty and really sour foods. Mateo loves telling jokes. Um, He's got a few good jokes up his sleeves at the moment. And he just, he loves doing pranks on everybody
0: now, I understand that for now, daily blood transfusions are what's what's keeping Tayo alive. Do you have any idea of how many blood transfusions your five-year-old son has had across his lifetime?
1: Mateo has roughly had around 120 blood products in the last two and a half years. That's just blood products. That's not including platelets, um, IVIG. So he's had a fair few blood products to keep him alive. What would you like to say to the blood donors who are keeping your beautiful boy alive? I would like to thank everybody that does donate blood because as mother, unfortunately, I'm a positive. So my blood can't actually be used for Mateo. So we're actually relying on the wider community to donate for him. So I appreciate all the help. Thank you. And
0: finally, what would you like to say to anyone who is considering a donation in the future?
1: I never knew the importance of donating blood until my son became sick. I didn't realise out there how many children actually do rely on blood products each day. So if you are considering to donate, please do, because it's little bodies and little people like our kids that do rely on the public.
0: At the time of recording this episode, I am heartbroken to report that Mateo's bone marrow transplant has failed. There is a 60-day wait to see if his own immune system is able to reset and to fight this disease for him. But his test results are offering little hope. The remaining treatment options are overseas-based and are beyond the financial reach of his family. Daily blood transfusions are keeping him alive thanks to Australian blood donors. The treatment options left in Australia are limited to brutal medications and the removal of his spleen. But surgeons are not confident that his little body would survive the surgery. For now, Chalen's focus is on making memories and for helping Matteo to take as many items off his wish list as possible before he becomes too unwell to enjoy any of them. If you are able to help in any way, please follow the story of this incredible little boy through the links to their social media that I will provide in our show notes. Marley met Mateo earlier this year and their interaction was something I will never forget. Marley wasn't surprised by his nasogastric tube because she's had one so many times before herself. She walked slowly with him because I told her that it was hot and his body didn't feel at its strongest today. And she said, Mummy, that's just like me. Shaylin and I compared notes of our children's treatment with a medication called Rituximab and how the magic of intravenous immunoglobulin infusion has been the thing that has preserved and prolonged both Marley and Mateo's lives. As we did so, Marley and Mateo compared scars and positions of their central lines and their port scars, or special button and special line as Marley so affectionately refers to hers. And they giggled about how much better it was having their port accessed than it was having a cannula put in. To an outsider, these conversations may have been heartbreaking, but for families like ours, they are normalising and they're empowering Finding another family and having their words to fit the shape of your wound creates an instant understanding and a bond. And how lucky we are to have those moments of solidarity. Thank you to the Australian blood donors who have made this possible. I will provide updates on Mateo's condition through the Milkshakes for Mali social media. Please follow us on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook for additional information and updates from the guests that we interview and also for videos of parts of the podcast interviews. There is also information on how you can become a blood donor and a member of the Milkshakes for Mali Lifeblood team. This episode was written and hosted by me, Kate Fisher. I'm also your executive producer. Today's guest was Shailen Eggleton, mother to the incredible Matteo. Welcome to Country, and audio production by Jeff Fisher. Social Media Assets by Jason at Strusky Media. On behalf of both Mateo and herself, I will leave the final word to Mali. Thank you for my praise